Hello and welcome to the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. This is the show where we talk about all things transportation, anything that gets you from here to there. I am the traffic anchor and the transportation reporter for Denver 7 News, Jason Luber. If you would like to be a part of the program, you could always contact me on any of the contact links and... You could always leave a message at the listener hotline, 303-832-0217. I had the pleasure of broadcasting live uh, the uh, last week or so um, on one of our major interstates. So I-70, Interstate 70 through Central Denver, uh, has been going through a process where the interstate was built on a viaduct, this bridge that was quite a, a long bridge, and it was falling down. And not only was it falling down, it separated the two sides of the neighborhood uh, with this interstate from the south side to the north side of these neighborhoods. And so the idea came up to uh, replace the viaduct with a tunnel system. And then on the cap of the tunnel, uh, basically put all the roads back to where they are at, it's supposed to be at ground level. And then also build a park, a community park, to once again bring the north side and south side neighborhoods together again, and it would be a a nice deal. Well, as part of this uh, tunnel project, so they had to bring down the viaduct, and they built uh, the north bore, and that was about a year ago. I did a, a, a tour of the tunnel there, and it was pretty cool, and well... They have just finished the South Bore, and they are just moving over a weekend uh, all the traffic on the eastbound side of I-70 into the new tunnel. And I, before they uh, opened it, before they actually they closed down the highway on a Friday morning, I uh, field anchored from down there on the highway, and it was it was actually I, I enjoy those kind of things because I mean you're standing in a place that will uh, you know in in presuming it was 48 hours. Uh, was going to carry commuter traffic for the rest of its existence. And nobody had really ever driven on it. None of the public uh, was allowed on it at that point. And I was one of the first people to uh, be on that section of interstate and be in that tunnel. I thought it was just really cool. And a couple weeks before that, I had a chance to tour, get a private tour of all the cool things that are in the tunnel, like the speaker system. (laughs) They have these speakers up there that allows uh, emergency personnel to talk to people. So it's really for a fire. Let's say there's a fire, a vehicle fire. Uh, They can give you warnings. Hey, everybody, get out of your car. Walk towards the east side of the tunnel. Start walking this way. We'll get the smoke out with the big fans out the other way so you can evacuate the tunnel. Uh, But what they've been using the speakers for more often than not right now has been uh, telling people not to walk inside the tunnel. Three, at least three people a week are either ri- riding a bike or walking in the tunnel right next to interstate traffic, and it's not safe whatsoever. Uh, they have people out there doing it anyway. Uh, it, it's you know they have this fire deluge uh, deluge system where you can drop basically. Uh, in about one minute, it can drop almost a third of a backyard swimming pool uh, from the from the top of the uh, from the top of the tunnel, which is all pretty neat stuff. Anyway, that was that that, that it was happening uh, in my world, so that was pretty fun. And today on the show, I have a very interesting guest. In just a minute, I'm going to be speaking with Neville Boston. Neville is the co-founder and the chief strategy officer for the company called Reviver. And what they do is produce and sell digital license plates. Now, these digital plates are available in several states already. And they're also now becoming available in Colorado for the first time. It's pretty interesting. I I think there's a lot to learn about how they look, how they work, 
if you can hack into them and maybe type a little message <laughs> into it to the guy who's tailgating you and says, hey, back off. Um, I don't know if you could type in some other choice words uh, for the guy tailgating you, but um, <laughs> I will uh, figure all that out. Anyway, and if you want to learn more about them, I'll have the description or the uh, contact information in the description of the show as well. But first, I, I, I saw this news from an online site called The Verge that said that BMW is now selling subscriptions for heated seats in a number of countries. Yeah, if, if you want the seats in your car that are equipped with heat elements in it, and you want to turn it on, your own car, you're going to have to pay for that. Yay! <laughs> Thank you, BMW. Uh, this is the latest example of BMW doing something called microtransactions. It's for a lot of their high-end car features. And this monthly subscription to heat your BMW front seats is going to cost you roughly $18 a month. (laughs) And then you'd have the option to subscribe for a year, and you get a discount for that, a two-month discount. They'll only charge you $180, so you get pay 10, get two free. You can get three years at a $300 price, or you can pay for the unlimited access to your heated seats in your own personal car for $415. BMW has slowly been putting features behind subscriptions since 2020, and heated seats are now available via subscription in the BMW Digital Scooter in countries including the UK, Germany, New Zealand, and South Africa. It has not, though, been an option yet popping up in the United States. Yet. Now, the company announced, BMW did, in 2020, that the car's operating system is going to allow for these microtransactions on features like automatic high beams and adaptive control con- uh, cruise control. Well, customers, as you could imagine, have called the move greedy. And <laughs> it's... It sounds like it. Car makers have always charged customers more money for features in the, in the higher cars. When you go to the showroom and you say, I, I want the sports package, or I want the sunroof package, or I want the whatever package, then it comes with extra things and you got to pay extra for it, but it's usually just the one-time fee, and boom, you're done, right? But not where there is a software component here rather than a hardware component. The, the hardware is already in the car. So the cost is already in the car. Now they're charging you extra to turn it on. That is different. Since you own the heated seat, you need now to pay for the heated heat to come in, come on for (laughs) for the seat to get hot. Oh my. Other features of BMW is locking behind their subscription include heated steering wheels. That would cost you 12 bucks a month. Uh, the option to record footage from your car's cameras, that's going to cost $235 for the unlimited use. And you can also pay for the Iconic Sound Sports Package, which lets you pay uh, for engine sounds in your car for a one-time limited low, low fee of $117. BMW says that the uh, hardware for the engine sound features has already been installed in your vehicle, so all of this stuff is already in the car. BMW has already paid for all that stuff. They've already included it in the cost of the vehicle during production, 
They say at no extra cost, but it's going to cost you to turn it on. <laughs> Isn't that where our lives are going, though? Easy monthly payments until your money is all gone? I guess if you have the money to buy a BMW, then I, I guess you have the, the money to, to pay whatever the company wants to start charging you to heat your seats and to heat your steering wheel and to have cool engine sounds, I suppose, in perpetuity. But what if you, all right, let's let's say you just want, because usually you don't want heated seats in the summertime, what if you just want the heated seats for a couple months in the wintertime? Could you buy it for three months or four months and then cancel and do that every year? I actually had the same idea for my homeowner's insurance, where I would uh, lower the deductible for hail coverage starting in May and April and June, and then raise the deductible up again the rest of the year for my roof when the hail really isn't a problem. Uh, the company wouldn't do it. <laughs> I thought I was going to save some money, but they didn't want to just keep upping and downing. They, they said I would have to have like a start a whole new policy at that point, and then I couldn't just change it for three months. And I got that. That's you know, like my ins- me insurance with my car, I can change the policies however I want. Because I was thinking, if I'm gone for a week, or let's say if I was gone for a month, let's say I was the kind of person I could be away and not drive for a month, maybe I could uh, put all my deductibles on my car up to. $5,000 or whatever the high, 2000 whatever the highest level is, then I would have a lower fee for my uh, car insurance. And then when I get back home, I could lower it back down to where it is now. I think it's $500 uh, and then save some money if you're not driving your car, right? Boom. Because in this economy, <laughs> every little bit helps. Speaking of cars and money, have you seen a digital license plate yet? Some states like California and Arizona and Texas are already using them, and they're expanding to other states, including here in Colorado. The company Reviver is gearing up to provide these digital license plates to Colorado drivers, as well as other states around the country. So joining me to talk more about how they work, what's the deal with these things, is Neville Boston. Neville is the Reviver co-founder and chief strategy officer. Neville, thanks so much for being here and joining me on the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. Oh, happy to be here. So before we get into the plates themselves, Neville, and how they function, tell us uh, about the company Reviver and about Neville. How did you come up with the digital plate business? Was there a spark somewhere that that, that you were in a situation where th- there, there was a situation where you said, this is making me so angry, I have to do something about it moment? <laughs> Well, you know something, I have to say the transition moment came in 2008. Um, I had another company, uh, we were getting ready to explode going into 2009, and then the economy had a different uh, idea in mind for us. And I was literally sitting having dinner with a good friend of mine who had worked in state government for years. And his conversation was around like, he had been, we were looking at um, assets that state owned that were being underutilized. And the license plate had come up. And fortunate for me, unfortunate for him, he had a horrible experience at the uh, DMV in California and was complaining about it. And then the idea sparked about, hey, what if we could digitize a license plate and get people out of uh, DMV offices? And that's where everything started. Wow. That, you know, it's one of those, why didn't I think of that moments, right? <laughs> I mean, really is. I mean, that's one of those. You know, it, it, I guess it just takes one of those moments where you're sitting there at the DMV. Go, why, there has to be a better way. There has to be a better way. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So this question, I know it's big uh, and it, it's a big question. So it, we're going to break it down in little parts. It's it, The question would be, what is a digital license plate? 
So let's let's put it in simple little parts instead. So the plate is it is it as simple as may, maybe let's say a Kindle with numbers and letters on the screen? What does it look like? Okay. Um, yes, it actually looks uh, like a six by twelve Kindle that's ruggedized. And uh, what makes it unique, and the reason why we decided to go with it, is that it has the exact same properties as a metal license plate. And let me explain. Once the image is put on the plate, it's on there. It doesn't change unless there's power that's introduced that changes it. So if you, for for instance, were in a rack with a vehicle and somehow the plate was cracked, you could still read it like a metal plate. So it operates just like a metal plate. So that was, you know, one of the things that we had to do in order to be able to put it out on the road. So there is no power to it or, or how does it show then like a Kindle, it has to be battery powered then? Right. So there, there is, we have two versions. We have one that's a wired uh, version and then one that's battery operated. So the battery literally is just there in case you want the plate to do something. But the image that you put on the plate, it doesn't take any power for the utilization of the plate. That's what makes it so unique. It's a bi-stable technology. Can it display only numbers? Is that all I'm going to see on there? Am I going to see my state name on there? Is it going to say like it like uh, in I think New Hampshire, it's live free or die? Are you going to be able to have state mottos we on can, there? Yes, we can duplicate any plate that the metal plate that's out there. Anyone. So it'll so, look just like it. Like in Colorado, we have several just, different ones. Exactly, it will look just like your metal plate. So let's say I have a purple heart plate or a, we love Colorado wildlife plate or the Columbine, you know, a save life plate. You can really do any of those as well. We can do any plate. And that's, and that's what makes it so unique. Um, it, it's a HD, HD screen. So all of the, you know, digitization that you need and, you know, the visualization of any of, uh, you know, really uh, dramatic graphics, we can, we can create all of those with our plates. If I have it plugged into my car, and I, I imagine it, it's probably a mechanic or somebody has to probably put a wire or maybe you use the uh, the charge or the um, cables that are already there to put the light that's on the license plate now, maybe you use those. Uh, can, can the vehicle owner change the readout of the plate or can it be changed after it's already set? Okay, so this is the thing. Um, what we do is we offer a bunch of different services, and depending on the state that you're in, you'll decide which ones make sense. So with the plate, um, in California, for instance, you have the ability to personalize, personalize it at the bottom, where you could put happy birthday or my kid's an honor student. Um, that's below the actual numbers that are on the plate. So it doesn't take away from you visually being able to see the numbers on the plate, and that's for law enforcement but you're able to personalize it. And, um, and the background can also change. So it gives you some personalization aspects to the plate, but then the plate also offers other things that you wouldn't be able to get. Like if the vehicle uh, was stolen, you could report it stolen, you could put stolen on the plate. If you had an amber alert or a silver alert, you're able to put that information on the plate. So these are things that you can't do, you know, of course, with a metal plate. When you say you, does that mean somebody out there in local law enforcement can say this car is stolen? Because I doubt the person that stole the car is going to put this car is stolen on the license plate. <laughs> okay, so the the owner of the vehicle would basically say, hey, if, if something was done uh, or they were trying to remove it or um, your vehicle was stolen and you figured out that it was stolen, you could report it 
And what we would be able to do is verify it and then uh, be able to put that information on the plate of itself. So Reviver so would do it. Or, yes. So so it's it's not local law enforcement or, or state law enforcement that has a, uh, a dispatch center where they are typing things. This car is stolen and then sending it to the license plate. It actually has to come through you guys. Yeah, it would come through us, but we would be working directly with them. So we would verify the information with them and then download the information. My guest is Neville Boston. He's the Reviver co-founder and chief strategy officer talking about their digital license plates. They're now available here in Colorado. They're available in many other states. You talked about the background of the plate, and that can be changed. Can it be customized to have pictures of of cats behind the letters and numbers, something that I like? You know, like when you get a credit card that's customized, can you do something like that? Well, you know something? (laughs) All of the customization has to do with the state. So if the state says that that's okay, then that's something that we would do. Um, right now, when I said the background being customized is that uh, the plate is, uh, is uh, black and white and grayscale. So you have the ability to have a black image or a white image on the back of your plate. So when I was talking about background, I was talking about that in particular. Can you have colors on them? You said it was an HD screen. Yeah, it's an HD screen, uh, but it's it's a black and white screen for right now. The reason why we're going with black and white is because of the color, uh, because of the temperature variation. So we can go from negative 40 Celsius to 185 degrees with the black and white screen. The color screen doesn't have as much variation. So as soon as we're able to do that, then we'll be able to offer color. So that means you could use it whether you're in Barrow, Alaska or in Tucson, Arizona. Correct. We've tested it in, 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 in Arizona. We've tested it in Erie, Pennsylvania. We've tested it in Canada. We've tested it in Dubai. You know, it, it works in, in various conditions. Have you tested it in a Colorado snowstorm? <laughs> Not yet, but we're looking forward to doing that. Okay, good. Because you, you And there are times that, you know, your, your whole front, your whole car basically is just covered in snow and you can't see the license plate. And in... In the past, well, because it's making me think about the traffic lights, the old incandescent traffic lights, they would have enough heat with that light bulb to melt the snow, and you would still be able to see the traffic signal. With the new ones, you have all those little dots of LED lights. Well, they don't put out any heat, and so the snow can uh, just cover those traffic lights, which makes them a bit of an issue. I I would think that this digital license plate probably doesn't put off enough heat to maybe melt the snow, does it? No, no, no. It It doesn't do that. But we haven't had any issues with it. We've had it in uh, Michigan, uh, you know, during the winter, and we haven't, you know, seen any problems with it being able to be seen. What is the font? Can you change the font to whatever you want, have that weird Sanskrit or something? Well, the font is tied to what you're in, in, in uh, Colorado, it's Department of uh, Revenue. It's whatever they have for the state. So we use the, the font that is current with all the rest of the license plates. How well are they able to be seen in the day and the night? And is that some kind of a technology that will turn, dim it and, and brighten it if you need to? And, and maybe change it when you have uh, uh, somebody's headlights, bright light headlights, uh, hitting it in the, in the back. So um, one of the things that we've done is to make sure. So there are um, tests that are in place for visualization when it comes to the regular metal plates. We've passed all of those tests. So it can be seen in the same way from 180 degrees during the daytime, at dusk, at night. Um, And then with the wired plate, it has a backlight, so it's it's backlit as well. So you're able to see it just like you see a regular metal plate. Let's say a driver pulls over. Uh, I know here we we have some uh, live vehicles, our our news trucks, 
they have a button inside where they can put a little strobe light on just in case of an emergency or we're pulled over doing a story, something like that. Can, can right. these things maybe strobe if the driver pulls over, has a, a breakdown maybe? You know, something that's something that we've been thinking about. We haven't implemented yet, but the plate, you know, because it's, you know, digital, we could do almost anything. So that's a possibility. Is there any way to hack into the plate and change the numbers and letters, have it say something else besides just my plate ID? Well, we've tested it and we run uh, tests within um, our systems uh, uh, currently, and we haven't seen anything uh, in that in that respect. Uh, we continue to test and um, and we haven't run into anything where we see it. We our information on the plate is really simple. We don't keep a lot of data. Most of everything is stored in the cloud and it, everything is end-to-end -end encrypted. So to date, we haven't seen any issues with anything being broken into. My guest is Neville Boston. He's Reviver's co-founder and chief strategy officer about their digital license plate. They're available in uh, several states around the country, including uh, here in Colorado uh, as of uh, August. Do you have a digital license plate for the front and back of a car since some states like California, like Colorado, require both plates in the front and the back? No, we just have it for the back right now. Um, we don't, you know, suggest that you put it in the front just because of the incoming. Uh, in California, they have something um, that is a vinyl plate. Um, and that's something that we're looking at, but, um, right now it's just in the back of the vehicle. So here in Colorado, I would have to put my regular plate, metal plate, metal in, the plate in the front yeah. and then the other one in the back, or it, like most of the Tesla owners here, they just ignore that law altogether and they don't put the plate on anyway. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure they do that in California too. Uh, I've heard something like that. <laughs> I found it interesting reading through the information that I can do a registration renewal with the digital plate is does that happen automatically or do i have to you know do something on a on an app or online to get that uh, done so we have an app that's tied to the plate and um in california for instance it's 75 days out so when your vehicle registration is due you will get a text message and you get an email uh um, and a message within your app saying that it's ready to be renewed all you have to do is go in and press renewal it will show you all the fees, second press, you pay for everything, and then the plate is updated. So it, it literally can be done within a minute. Wow. So you don't have to send the check in the mail and wait, you know, weeks for the the registrar to, to, to cash your check. No. And then send the sticker in the mail back to your house and then get out there and stick it on there. And you have the list, you know, the stack of stickers, right? On the back exactly. Of the and half the time you're scoring them so that people can't steal them. Right. So no, you don't have any of those uh, issues. So if it has the ability to talk back and forth to a uh, to the internet, where is it connecting? Is it just connecting to uh, the the outside world somehow, or or how is it connecting to the internet? Uh, it's a great question. There's two ways. Uh, for the battery operated plate, it connects through Bluetooth. Uh, will pair with your phone. So if there are messages that need to be down, if your phone is in proximity of the plate, it will download that information. And then the second way is that we have an LTE connection, uh, both AT and T and Verizon that connect to the plate. So it's able to connect, you know, through those systems. Does it also then have the ability, if you can send signals to it, does it have the ability to send signals to uh, somebody that's looking for my location, whether it's you guys, whether it's local law enforcement, and who gets that information? 
So your information is your information. And that's one of the things that we were really, 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 you know, focused on is making sure that the driver of the vehicle maintains and controls their information. They had a big thing with GDPR and, um, you know, kind of consumer privacy uh, protection to make sure that information is kept with the, the owner. And that's what that's exactly what we do. So you control all of your data and information. Nobody pings uh, trying to get information from you. You own that information. But you said it also can share the information if the car is stolen or, or an right. Amber but, Alert, something right, like that. But that would be your decision. You would you would indicate that that's something that you want to put out. It wouldn't be something that would be forced on you. On a case-by-case basis or uh, it's just an automatic setting that no Amber Alerts can come through or all Amber Alerts can come through? No, it would be it would be coming through based on your decision to allow that to happen. What like at you, each individual time? Um, well, you would you would you would agree to it, and if you agree to have that information come in, then you'd be able to do that. If you've agreed not to do that, then it would not. So, it, like I said, it, it's it's based on your decision. And when it does, let, let's say I say, yeah, I want to have amber alerts or stolen car or whatever messages to come through. Right. How, how how does that look? So d- does my license plate numbers and letters go away and then it just flashing Amber Alert and, and look out for this car or this car is stolen? Make sure you call local law enforcement. Right. So what would happen is that your the the actual numbers for the plate would become smaller and over the top would say stolen. So it would be it would basically split the plate in half and stolen would be on the top and your actual license number would be on the bottom. Has it happened so far where a car has been stolen or there's been an amber alert and the fla- the let's the change in the digital plate has actually resulted in either the amber alert being solved or or the car that was stolen being recovered? Uh, it's been with a stolen vehicle and yes, it's been recovered. So it, it, it's it's worked and worked well. How did that? Where was that? And and how do you have a little it, bit of it, backstory it was, on that? Yeah, it was it was in California and uh, somebody's vehicle had been stolen. They reported it, and uh, based on the GPS and the vehicle, they were able to track and find the vehicle based on that information. Since I can put all this information in an app and then send that information uh, to my digital plate, can I then, as you said, maybe a happy birthday message? What other messages can I can I do? Can I say, hey, girl, here's my digits for the person <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's that I think is cute driving behind me? Well, how it works is this. <laughs> the information uh, that, that is put on the plate as far as messages is approved uh, by the DOR or f- by the DMV. And then once it's approved, it's put in your library as options that you can use. So there, there needs to be you know, some controls, and we understand that. So um, that's, that's what we do. So we have a library of messages that have been pre-approved that, that can be used. And if there are new messages that you want, you could request them. And then once it's approved, then it's put in your library. So happy birthday has been approved? It has been. And happy anniversary, I I suppose, as well? Absolutely. Okay. All right. My guest is Neville Boston, Reviver co-founder, chief strategy officer, talking about the digital license plates that are available now. I want to transition a little bit to the cost of these because there has to be a cost to the actual manufacturing of these plates and the operation of these plates. So is there a cost to own these plates? Yeah, there, there is. And what we do from a company perspective is that we have them in about 190 dealerships in the states that we're in. And we're currently selling in uh, California, uh, Arizona, uh, Michigan, and Texas for commercial fleets. 
Um, so there's the ability to get them there. Um, but um, what we've done from a pricing perspective is you can buy it from a dealership. They could preload it and it would be sold with your car or you can buy it online. And how we sell it is a lease to own. So $19.95 for the battery operated plate and $24.95 for the wired plate that has the GPS uh, information. You said it was a lease to own. So is that a year, two years, five years, forever? I'm sorry. Yeah, it's it's four years, four years, four year lease on both. So four years. So we're talking... Uh, if I'm doing my math correctly, two four. Let's say for the battery powered version, uh, two forty for a year, and then you multiply that by four, so we're almost a thousand dollars. You know, eight hundred, nine hundred thousand dollars for the four year lease. Is that how expensive it is to produce and operate these things? Yeah. So I mean, from um, from a cost perspective, um, yes. Uh, but as we have more volume, the cost will go down. And but we we decided to put it in that way because it seemed to make the most sense because it's how people buy things nowadays. So if you buy a cell phone or anything like that, you usually get it, you know, on a lease to own. And if there's a new version that comes up, you can always trade it in and get the new version. And what do I get for my uh, money that I am spending on this plate? The, the really, is there a difference between the battery operated and the, uh, the electricity operated plate? Is there a, is there a difference in the $5 a year that I'm spending? Yeah, so for the uh, for the battery operated plate, you get Bluetooth, uh, so you can automatically update your plate, you know, very quickly. It's not going over LTE. You have the ability to um, personalize it. Um, we're going to be adding a, a tolling feature here uh, pretty soon, so you can use it for tolls. Um, and you know, you could actually for messaging, you know, Amber Alerts, all the rest of that stuff. You can do that on those plates. So uh, for the plate, and then your registration renewals and things of that nature. And we're going to be adding more features. So registration renewal, you'll be able to use it for tolling. You can personalize it for the battery operated plate. For the wired plate, it has a GPS and an accelerometer. So you're able to uh, track where your vehicle is going. Um, You're able to, um, for fleets, uh, have a whole suite of products that you can utilize uh, for compliance when it comes to the vehicle. And then you can do your registration renewal and everything else. But the biggest difference between the two plates is one has GPS, so it it knows exactly where it is and where it's going. So with that GPS, could I get a digital plate for my daughter's car, and then I could know exactly where that car is all the time? Absolutely. I mean, I can see, obviously, why it's good for a fleet to know where their cars are. They could bring up a screen and and say, oh, my trucks are in this neighborhood, in this neighborhood. Um, But, I, you know, I I don't know about... (laughs) As a parent, yeah. No, as a parent, you would be able to do that. And you could also know how fast she's going and all the rest of it. You know, whatever features that you were looking for, you can get through the plate. Oh, that's really interesting. And maybe that's worth the, uh, you know, <laughs> $1,200. Could you buy it outright or do you have to go through the lease? Yeah, so you can buy it outright, but you'd have to buy it at a dealership. And uh, the dealerships, uh, you know, will sell it uh, between six ninety nine and nine ninety nine. Oh, okay. So it's actually a little bit of a discount depending on which one you get then. Right. Yeah, if you're just buying it outright. Interesting. My guest is uh, Neville Boston. He's the Reviver's co-founder and chief strategy officer. We're talking about their digital license plate and uh, how you can get one and and uh, what they do for you. Uh, it it it's an interesting concept that I would think that a lot of people would be interested in. I'm not sure about the price point yet, but ha- how popular has it been? How many customers so far have purchased them and then and then maybe taken them off because they thought it wasn't worth it? 
Well, we've been uh, we've been fortunate. We have over 30,000 people in the states that we're in that have the plates. And as far as renewals, um, our renewal percentage is about 85 percent. So um, um, I would think it's it's we're doing uh, fairly well with retention of the people that have the plates. And when you say retention, is that after four years, you haven't really been in business for four years, have you? Are you talking month to month? No, we're, we're talking um, and we've done it uh, kind of year over year. Oh, okay. All right. So we were talking about which states they're already in. Uh, are there other states already looking at this? You're in Idaho right now. So are you looking to sell them to Idaho? <laughs> yeah, at some point. Yeah. So so this is the interesting uh, point of view here is that we're currently legal uh, where we passed legislation in uh, California, Arizona, uh, Michigan, um, Colorado, Illinois, Georgia, um, Texas for commercial fleets, and then Florida for governmental vehicles. So we're working uh, and we our focus has been on the top 10 vehicle markets in the U.S. And we should be there uh, by the middle of next year. And that would include New York, New Jersey, uh, Pennsylvania, Ohio, uh, North Carolina. Massachusetts would be, you would think would be yeah. big, you know, those areas. Right. Do you have to go through this legislative process? Do you have to find a state legislator to then carry your water, if you will, through the legislative process? What we do is that we look at the vehicle code and based on the vehicle code, uh, we're able to see whether or not um, it's, you know, that it's permissive for us to be able to do it. If not, then we'll have to run legislation. But if it's permissible, uh, then you can, you, you're able to do it. So what we do is we look at the vehicle code, then we make a determination of whether we need to run legislation. And then, you know, we get a legislator, we run the legislation, and then we then we uh, work uh, with the DMV or Secretary of State's office um, or Department of Revenue to integrate with their system so that we can offer the services that we have. Are there states that you've contacted or thought about getting the digital license plate in uh, in circulation have there has there been some pushback from those states? Has there been any? I'm not sure. Sure, we're ready for this sort of thing. No, and that's been the really you know positive thing. And I think because of COVID, it's it's really opened people's eyes to how we were doing business uh, pre-COVID and how we do post. The ability to have kind of touchless interactions uh, and then be able to update things remotely as opposed to having to stand in line to get it. So I think it's been. A, you know, a, a benefit. Uh, one of the positive things that came from COVID is to realize that we could do business differently than we've been doing it. And has it been better received in some of the states that you've already been uh, distributing these plates in? Are, are some happier than others to, to get the plates? No, everybody's been great. Everybody's been great. And that's one of the things. It's truly a public-private partnership where you figure out things that make sense. Every state can choose what features that they want or don't want. And it, it, I think it's beneficial kind of across the board. Um, we've had a great working relationship with state of California, with Arizona, with, with Michigan, uh, with Colorado, you know, with Georgia, all the states that we've been in, uh, Texas, uh, we've been able to work with them and, you know, develop these features, um, you know, jointly to be able to have this offering. So um, we just look at it differently. We, we see what the needs are, and then we make sure that we have solutions for those needs. 
My guest is Neville Boston. He's Reviver's co-founder, chief strategy officer. We're talking about the digital license plates that they have available here in Colorado, as well as many other states around the country. Uh, whenever you're successful, Neville, as you are, obviously, uh, you, you're going to have some competition. You're going to have some copycats out there. Are you seeing that right now where somebody else is going, we can do this and we can do it, we think better, and we're going to try to get some other states that you're not in or get in the same states and try to offer a different product? You know something, we really haven't seen competition like that. Um, we've been working uh, on this for, you know, over a decade and we've developed relationships just because, you know, you're changing something that's been in the same place for a long time. And how we've seen it is that you partner with people, you listen to what they have to say, and then you offer a product that makes sense. And we just haven't seen anybody look at the business in the same way that we're doing it. So, no. Because, you know, with every McDonald's, there's a Wendy's and with every Coca-Cola, there's a Pepsi. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure at some point there, there will be somebody that comes. But at, to this point, there hasn't been anybody that's been serious. For every Backstreet Boy, there's a uh, new kids on the block. I mean, you know, I, I could go on. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, Beatles, you, Rolling you're, Stones, you're on a roll. Right? <laughs> you were on a roll. Has there been pushback from maybe trade groups or from prisoners who are spending their time in jail making the old metal license plates? Well, you know something? No, it, there hasn't been because we've been working with them. We actually also have a law enforcement liaison that goes out and helps to educate law enforcement on, you know, connected vehicles and digital plates. And to date, I think he's um, he's been able to train about uh, 12,000 folks uh, in the law enforcement community on this. And then we've worked with AMVA, which is the automobile administrators for the U.S. and uh, in, uh, Canada on, you know, kind of best practices. So we've been working with the groups and organizations uh, to try to, you know, educate people to make sure that they know what it is and to improve it. You're going to put a lot of prisoners out of business, though. I mean, what are they else are they going to do spending their time not making license plates? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll try to figure something else for them to do. Okay. And you just mentioned law, local law enforcement. What, how That's got to be somewhat, though, tough to get every officer out there to understand. I, I have the Colorado, my Colorado app, which allows me to put my digital license or my digital driver's license on the app and, and have my vehicle registrations and my fishing license all there. And, and some officers say they, they won't take it. And it, I'm like, why not? It's it's just as legal as I went to the grocery store and they wouldn't use that digital. They say, we can't take that to go buy a, a beer. Wow. It's, you know, something um, at the end of the day, it's education, education, education. If you bring people in early and make them part of the conversation, then it's easier for them to understand what it is that you're doing. So what we've been very purposeful in doing is making sure that they're part of the conversation early and they don't feel like they're left out. And if they have concerns that they're addressed, because like you're, you're hundred percent right. Some people kind of have their head in the, in the mud and, you know, it's hard for them to deal with change, but what we want to do and what we make sure that we do is that we continue the education process. Is this something that the tow companies or the firefighters, do they have any opinion on this? I, I'm not sure that it would really affect them in, in a different way. No, I haven't heard anything from either one of those, you know, um, you know, organizations, uh, be it firefighters or, uh, tow companies. Um, so, um, that's one that's, that's actually a new one for me. 
Well, you know, I'm an idea guy here, Neville. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I get that. <laughs> and, I, you know, I don't charge anything for it. Well, unless you want to just send me 5%, that's, that'd be great. Uh, no, <laughs> it doesn't really seem like there's a whole lot of negatives to this digital plate. There is obviously a higher cost to it, but I can't really think of a whole lot of negatives unless there was some kind of a hacking attack or, or something like that. But, or, or there was the one person who doesn't want to be tracked on with, with their digital plate. Well, this is how I look at it. I think about a digital plate um, and a regular license plate like a flip phone and a smartphone. I, I don't see them as being the same at all because with a flip phone, all you did was make you know phone calls with uh, and maybe text. With a smartphone, you get email, you get you know you, you get apps, you get all these other functionality that's tied into the plate. And I look at this as the same way because if you think about it. It's the one thing on a vehicle that's not controlled by the auto manufacturers that is always on and connected. So regardless of whether you're in, you know, Denver, Colorado or Boise, Idaho or, you know, Tallahassee, Florida, everybody uses the plate as identification. And that includes, you know, international. So when it comes to the things that you can start doing and how you can simplify it, and just like you were saying on your on your My, My Colorado app, you have the ability to have all these items. You have the ability to have all your vehicle information in one place when it comes to your digital plate. So I just look at it as a transition into the future. One of the issues we have here in Colorado, and I'm sure it's other places too, but it's really bad here, are people driving with expired uh, tags, not register, right. right? Not redo, renewing their registration. Is there any kind of a feature that says you're uh, on the digital plate that says this thing is this plate now is expired and it will just maybe turn off if you don't re-register the, the plate is or does it always go no matter if I'm registered or not? Well, the plate will always be on and there will always be an image on it, but it's an excellent question. That is now a Department of Revenue and a law enforcement issue. If they're saying that that's how they want us to have the plate operate, then that's something that we could do. But that would be something that would be tied to a decision that they make. But again, that it, you said that there are safeguards in the way information is sent to the plate that I can choose to put an Amber Alert or a stolen car alert on the plate. Yeah. So could I choose to then not have a expired registration message put on the plate or have it turned off that is different because that has to do with your compliance you know that has to do with your compliance so that 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 would be slightly different so if they made a decision that all vehicles that had digital plates that if they were out of compliance that that message could be pushed to the plate then we would have to you know acquiesce and say that that's that's what's done but that's a compliance issue outside of that you have complete control and I, I imagine if I was going from one state to another, if I was moving, uh, I could yes. probably easily then just in the app just change. I'm I'm going from Colorado to Texas or, or you're, well, let's say California because you have it there too. But I could right. transfer from state to state. Exactly. Except if I'm and going to a state, having, yeah, right. that doesn't have it yet. If I'm dry, if I'm going to be moving to Kansas, then I got, I'm going to have to go back to the old metal plates. Right. And then would I just turn it would I turn it back into you? Would I then get my no, no, money no. back you, or you, you would own the plate. You okay. would own the plate. And at some point, because we by twenty twenty five, we expect to be in the entire US. So we would we would expect that you would be able to put that plate back on for Kansas and have it in Kansas 
in the next couple of years anyways. Oh, okay. So, but, but let's say I only had it for, I'm leasing to own in two years. I still have to pay the four year of lease, even though I've only had it for two years. Or send it back. If, if you, if you were moving and you didn't want to wait, then you could absolutely send it back. Oh, okay. All right. What, um, is there more that you would like for this plate to do? Uh, would you like to see other features uh, incorporated in it? Uh, maybe a, a bigger sign, a bigger plate, maybe uh, incorporate a dash cam on it, something like that? You know something? We The thing that we're doing right now is we're looking at features that people actually want. But one of the biggest features was, you know, the ability to do tolling. So we're going to be, uh, you know, um, enabling that in the next, you know, uh, 30 to 45 days. So that'll be a feature that will be out there. Um, you know, people also talk about parking uh, and making it easier to park and have the plate be a parking aggregator, something that we're looking at as well. So we're constantly looking at features and testing assumptions to make sure that we're building things that people actually want with the plate. Because at the end of the day, it's, it's the features that will continue to bring you back. And the more that you can do and the easier it is for you, the more that you will utilize it. So, yes. Would that come with more cost? Well, that's the whole thing. We're working on driving the cost down all the time. Yeah. So our, our thing is, is that offer more features for less. Because right now I, I was just reading a story about how BMW in select countries are now going to charge you to turn on a subscription for your heated seats. Wow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That, that's, a, that's a completely different business model than right. we're in right now. What about a dash cam? I think I have a dash cam. I've had them for a long time. I think they're super helpful. Could you incorporate a dash cam in, into it? That is something that we can look at. I mean, at some point, you know, you could even think about having it, uh, you know, within the infotainment center. So, I mean, there is a lot of different things that could be done over time uh, that would add, you know, even more value. Oh, so you're playing movies on the plate instead, and so the person behind you can watch you know, <laughs> can watch the latest James Bond film or whatever you want. Yeah, watch, we're, right? we're thinking about movies. Okay, we're thinking about another way of integrating Str it. Into you're putting vehicle. Stranger Things on the back of your car, and then you're you know you're causing big problems listen there while you're driving you, and stop and go good. traffic. <laughs> <laughs> Neville, what's next for Reviver? Uh, are you gonna you're, you said you want to take over the United States? Are you going to expand internationally, maybe too? Yeah, we've been working in uh, Dubai uh, since 2017. So we're going to be um, launching there, uh, Dubai, I think Abu Dhabi, uh, Qatar, uh, Oman. So we're working in, in, in those places right now. So we'll have a presence there, uh, you know, have the U.S. look at Canada and then from there, you know, look to expand, you know, further. Well, you know, you might have to offer gold-plated or wildcat-type uh, plates for those folks because they like to drive with, like, Pumas and and cougars and all kinds of <laughs> crazy things they like to own over there i've heard yeah <laughs> that might be interesting well neville I, I appreciate your time and and all the information about these plates it's it's really interesting i think we're on the cusp of new technology here that um that will be commonplace like you say maybe in the next 10 or 15 or 20 years absolutely no and we're we're excited uh colorado is a great state uh you guys got you have great legislators, um, DMV, um, the Department of Revenue, and law enforcement. We work with everybody. Um, also, New Car Dealers Association, so we're a fan. So we can't wait to be offering these and, and get them on the road yeah, as soon as possible. It would be nice to have some backgrounds of some of our more spectacular mountain scenes and, and uh, get that on one of those digital plates. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Neville Boston, the co-founder of Reviver, chief strategy officer as well. Thank you so much talking to us about uh, your digital license plates uh, that are available all around the country in several states as well as here in Colorado. Thanks again for your time. Uh, all best wishes, okay? Likewise, likewise. And thank you for the time. I really appreciate it. All right, there you go. I know I asked him if you need one for the front and back for the states that need it, like Colorado, California, you need a front and back license plate. And he said you just need it in the back and you would have a regular one in the front. But what if you really just wanted one in the front and, and would are willing to pay for it? I, I guess you guess you probably could. I, I mean, if you have the money to buy one of these things, you might as well buy two. Um, I, I think that the price is going to have to come down by probably half for more vehicle owners to really show a lot of interest in these things. Maybe $500, I think, is a better price point for the general public. But they probably, at this time, cost so much to produce right now that the price has to be higher. And with anything, as Neville said, they're, they're going to lower the price. You're going to sell more of them. You're going to have the price come down. Uh, at, at, like, you know, with TVs, when they first come out as 80, you know, the biggest brand, brand new 80-inch TV... It's going to be seventeen thousand dollars, and now and now they're like four hundred. Um, so I think that five hundred dollar price point is probably going to be around where people are going to start adopting them uh, more often. I have not seen one yet, but they are just starting to come online in Colorado. So it'll be interesting to see how many are out there. Next week, I'm going to recap my adventure to South Bend, Indiana, uh, during the NBTA, the National Baton Twirling Baton Twirling Championship. My daughters are competing at a whole bunch of events in, in one, solo baton and two baton, three baton, a, a, a pair, a duet. Uh, they're doing uh, marching stuff, which they call X-Strut, I believe. Because we used to be with USTA, and now we're with NBTA, and I'm not going to go into the whole uh, TA thing, the Twirling Associations. I could if you if you really care, um, because there are differences between the two. But anyway, I, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's interesting transportor- transportation storylines that will come out of that trip. I'll, I'll share it next time, uh, because there are always interesting transportation stories that I, I seem to find whenever I'm out of town. So anyway, thanks for being here. Thanks to Devil again for uh, being on the show. And until next time, I'm Jason Luber, the Traffic Guy. Be safe, and as always, happy motoring.